Hello, and welcome to Talk Stories. I'm your host, Maria Bell. I'm going to be talking to people all over the world about their beautiful dogs. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Joan Snyderek. Joan is president of the Dog Rescuers, Inc., an Oakville-based nonprofit organization with a passion for rescuing, rehoming, and loving dogs since 2009. Her dog's name is Max. Hey, Joan. Welcome to Dog Stories. Hello, Maria. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I know you have lots and lots of stories, but let's start with your dog, Max. What kind of a dog is Max? Max is a combination of different kinds of cuteness. He's a little houndy, puggly somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody. He's he's about 35 pounds and he's adorable. Ah, how cute. And how did you and Max become a team? Actually, um, Max was part of a hoarding situation. When authorities went in, there were 32 dogs in 1,000 square feet We, um, my rescue took in two of the dogs. Max was in foster care for about seven months with one of my fabulous foster moms named Donna. Mm -hmm. Um, His sister Mia did really well, but Max unfortunately just didn't seem to be coming out of his shell. So uh, she had asked if I could take him back in and do some work with him. And that was about five years ago now. And um, Max has some anxiety, and he's got um, a couple of quirks about him, but he's absolutely lovely. I have so much love and respect for him. He's a completely different dog, and now we use him as an ambassador dog, and he helps other dogs coming into our program. Oh, what a cutie. So you mentioned your rescue. I know that you are the founder of the Dog Rescuers Incorporated, right? I am, yes. And how did that all start? Actually, for years and years, I was um, part of Labrador Retriever Rescue, and I always had a very hard time going into shelters and just taking out Labradors. And um, unfortunately, that's pretty much how it had to work, because the average person would never call a lab rescue thinking they could rescue a Sheltie or a Great Pyrenees or a Bichon. And um, unfortunately, I had started taking everyone. I found it very hard to go in and just take one dog out, knowing the dog beside him was going to be put down and I couldn't help because he wasn't a lab. So it just made sense. I had met uh, Mano Kruger who ended up um, starting the, doing the rescue with me. Um, and he one day just looks at me and said, why don't you just start rescuing everybody? And so that's how it started. I, oh. I went all breed and took in everyone. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. And you travel too a lot or did before the great pause to different countries to rescue animals? Actually, um, personally, I've only been down in Mexico, and that was an an incredible experience. Um, We actually got to see the dogs living on the street that we were able to help. And, I mean, that that will always pull at my heart. I mean, we've been to say – we've taken dogs from some pretty interesting places, but to actually see – what they're living in and how they're treated is very different than being told a story. Um, in our past years, we've helped out wherever we can. Um, we still have great contacts in the States. It's improved greatly here in Canada as to um, neuter and spay projects and just people becoming a little bit more responsible as to the commitment when they get a dog. So 
um, we've always predominantly taken from Canada, but um, yeah, we have taken definitely from some interesting countries. All right. So tell me about that process. So you, you go to Mexico, you get off the plane and you, what happens? You see dogs on the street and. Um, For us, it was a little bit more prearranged. So that was going back um, several years ago. Um, But we um, were, once you're an established rescue, you end up with, with people you've never, organizations you've never even heard of reaching out to you. So um, at that time we had arranged, we knew of the people down in the States who were running a sanctuary down there um, who were going back and forth. And they had asked us if we would actually come down and see what it's all about. So actually a group of us from up here went down. Um, and again, that was an incredible experience. Um, Mano has had, um, he's actually been at a couple of the um, northern community, the northern reserves where we have taken some dogs from, and he's actually personally gone up there. Uh, another one of our volunteers, Helena, she's actually quite active in um, a northern community reserve where we have taken dogs out from. When you actually hands-on go and you see them and see the situation, I think it just brings it um as much as you love the dogs anyways, those ones just become that more special just because you actually physically have seen where they're coming from and what they've lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, that would just tug at my heart too. I'd be bringing them all home. It does. For and sure. It, it's, and it's hard to explain to people, you know, when you're telling them about, you know, life in a puppy mill or their life on that chain, you know, people, it, they imagine what their experience gives them to be able to imagine. But when mm-hmm. you personally have been there and seen it and have seen the desperation and have seen, you know, the conditions and the smells and the sights and that My. puts it into an entire different level. And those are the images that often haunt you. But on mm-hmm. the same note, those are the same images that you can look at the dog sitting on the couch or knowing that it's sleeping in its owner's bed and you just gain so much more reward from Oh, yeah, it's all so worthwhile. And Max has a special connection with one of your dogs, Bella. There's a story there. He does. Max has always been our little guy who's always been very welcoming of any fosters or we take him to schools. And he's always just been the little ambassador dog who just seems to always make everybody feel great. But recently, um, a dog came into our program. Her name is Bella. And a lot of people know Bella. She had come to Canada last year by another group. Um, she's an island dog. So they brought her in. And unfortunately, 48 hours later, she went, um, she took off and was running at large. And oh, she hi. ran, yeah, I know, she ran at large for seven months, meaning oh. that totally on her own, no food sources. She traveled as far as Barrie, all the way down to Niagara Falls. Um, Every week in the you know freezing cold and the bitter, bitter cold in the in rain in the heat and you're thinking how is this dog surviving? Yet she did, and we um we rely heavily on um we believe in psychics and um, we have in my 20 years of doing rescue I think I've worked with a lot of different people but one lady June in particular she um always just sort of hones right in and. When um, we got Bella, I had asked for her to speak to Bella just to, you know, let her know that she's got a place to stay and she's safe and she can trust us. And she had told me, not knowing who Max was, that it was Max who had sent her some 
messages out there and had told her that he would keep her safe and that he was waiting for her. And I kid you not, the moment that Bella came into our house, Max was glued to this little girl. He has dragged her around by the collar. He has literally, um, I used to have a leash on her so that you would, um, like a drag line in the house so I could grab her quickly. Mm -hmm. Max at first would grab onto her leash and walk her around the house. I swear he would look at me like, this is my foster dog. I'm in charge of her. I found her, kind of. Oh, totally. He, he believes he's that that's his dog. I guarantee it. And oh it's really my. cute because he sleeps. Um, he always checks in on her and he sleeps beside her and he likes to have his paws touching with her. They're a, oh. cute, little, they're a cute little duo. It's quite cute. He just, oh he's so sensitive to everyone's nature and he's always been wonderful with other dogs. But with her, it's just... I, it's it, good. Truly, he is just so nurturing with her and so loving. It's adorable. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fun. I love. I would love to meet that pair. And you have other dogs with you now. I do. I've, um, Alice is my foster dog. Alice. Um, I got her through um, Toronto Animal Services. Somebody unfortunately had dumped her. She was still producing milk. Puppies were never found. Um, she was half her body weight, and unfortunately, in efforts to catch her, she um, was chased by people, and she got hit by a car. So when we got her, she was pretty grumpy and required a hip surgery immediately. Um, that Her grumpiness lessened, and um, she's happy. She's got full use of her back hip again, and um, yeah, she's quite lovely. We get a lot, of, a lot of wonderful dogs who come through our program, and we're so thankful that people do give them the chance. Alice is your foster dog. Yes. Ah, nice. So how long has Alice been with you then? I had thought it had been less time, but apparently it's almost been two years. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she must be so happy with you. You, you know what? I, I am so, I'm, I'm so proud of her, honestly. She um, started off being afraid of people. She was very fearful. Um, her go-to was always to snarl or growl and she's blossomed into a very social girl who likes to meet new people likes to go to different places and actually I was really excited just prior to COVID I had taken her into HomeSense and she did phenomenally well meeting new people so I was pretty excited for her oh wow you would have been pretty proud of her I was and she picked out a really cute bed for herself (laughs) Good job, Alice. Good job. I loved that picture of her on Facebook with the the mask and the you know the gloves and all that. <laughs> so cute. What do you think she and Max and Bella are all thinking of this great pause? I think they love it. I think most dogs out there are loving this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I, everybody having their parents home all day. I think it's fabulous. Mine are at a point, though, where it used to be I pulled out the leashes and they got excited. Now I pull out the leashes and everybody looks at each other and says, you go. (laughs) I don't want to go this time. You go. (laughs) How many walks a day are they getting? Uh, Probably about four. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, you know, just to get out of the house and get, you know, get out, get some air, get change of scenery. Mm -hmm. And that's for us, not for the dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. We're lucky to have dogs because then we have a legitimate excuse to be outside doing our thing. Yes. Right? Walking our dogs. That's good. So all of us with dogs have been blessed during this time so that we can, we can enjoy some fresh air. 
That's good. And um, something else. You once told me that there was a cat in your house that you don't really see. <laughs> I actually am not at the same address anymore. But, oh. um, yeah, but I had several years in a house that um, we – I everyone's reportings of what they saw in the house were always different. So um, we ha- I had a lot of um, interesting experiences happening there. And I actually did have psychics, several different ones who came into my home. And I used to have anyone showing up at my house would tell me that they saw cats that I don't have in the window or in the living room or on my lawn or they oh. see a dog that 10 seconds later wasn't there or just lots of fun little things that um, people were always telling me. We had a couple of experiences where people saw people. Um, that was unnerving. But um, I did have a psychic. I had made a comment to her and said that I had a feeling that there was a lot of ghost animals in my home. And she looked me dead in the face and said, you have no idea. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. my. That's interesting. But that's so okay. dogs, cats, maybe some other types of animals as well. But that's you never kind of know. Yep. I would find that myself personally, I would find that comforting. You know, I honestly, my, my years living there, it, I, I could, I was never afraid. It was always, um, yeah, no, it actually had a really good energy to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. So Joan, do you have a movie or a book or something that you could share with us that you think would be great for dog lovers? I have one book that has always had a place in my heart, and I've given away so many copies of this book. It's um, by an author named Eugene O'Neill, and mm. the book is called The Last Will and Testament of an Extremely Distinguished Dog. And I love that book. It, it's, it is such a short read. I think the book is only about 20 pages in its entirety, but it's about a dog who knows he's passing away and wants his owner to get another dog. And he gives all the, the things in his life that would make him feel that his owner should love again. And I usually purchase this book when I, when I always am saddened when people tell me that they lost a pet and I believe me, I've lost pets. I, I know that heartache, mm-hmm. um, but it always saddens me when they tell me that they would never get another dog. And to me, you're never replacing that dog or that cat or whoever you just lost. To me, you're actually honoring them by getting another animal and being able to share that again. And I mean, that's the whole idea of the book is instead of shutting yourself down, it's opening yourself up so that that next pet can help you heal. And especially because there are so many animals out there in need of a good, loving home that Mm -hmm. it's almost tragic when someone says that they would never offer that love again to someone else. I mean, realistically, if they do get that next pet, they love them in a different way. you know, it's like a person having five children. You love each one of your your children, but you would love them all differently for the unique people that they are. And it's the same mm-hmm. with dogs. I mean, like if I look across my living room right now, I love all of them, but I love them all differently for who they are, not as just being a dog. And the Dalmatian in that essay talks about honoring your past dog by getting a new one, because that means that he was a good dog. Exactly. Yeah. It's like mm -hmm. someone saying, you know, I would, I, you know, I had a bad relationship, therefore I'm never going to have a relationship again. If, if you have that amount of love to give, why wouldn't you want to share that again? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've always, I've, anyone who has ever said the words that they don't think they could do it again, I'm always slipping a copy of this book into their door or their mailbox because I, I hope that those words can put them on the path of wanting to open up their hearts again. And did it ever work? Well, I've adopted out some dogs to some of the people, so yeah, it has. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Good to know. And so here's another question. You always hear this phrase, who rescued who? Um, people rescued dogs, but then they'll say, oh, yeah, well, it wasn't me that rescued the dog. He rescued me. Do you have a story like that to tell us? Oh, my God. I have lots of stories of how dogs have taught me lessons. But the love of my life was a chocolate lab named Murphy who came into my life. He was um, he was a rescue, and I kept him. And the life lessons that he taught me, I will forever be grateful that I learned. And I can sincerely tell you that he has been gone now for five, no, God, six years. Mm -hmm. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't think of him and not a week that goes by that I don't still cry for him. And the lesson that he taught you? Lessons, probably, lots of lessons. So many. And one of them was to slow down and take every day for what it is. And I've always got a million things on the go, and I'm always – quick to want to jump on things and get them going and get them happening. And he just taught me to breathe. And that sometimes you just have to slow down and just breathe. Mm -hmm. And we're doing that now. We are. Yeah. Learning those lessons. (laughs) Definitely. That's amazing. Well, I really appreciate your sharing all your stories with us, Joan. I really appreciate you and all the work you guys do with your the dog rescuers you're like my heroes i am i am so appreciate maria i think you're awesome i love all your books i love everything you do and i'm i'm so thrilled that i got to speak to you yesterday and today that's wonderful we could go on for hours though couldn't we joan i know i know i could talk dogs forever (laughs) (laughs) thanks again i love you and be safe and happy and give every single one of your dogs a cuddle for me I will. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Stay safe. Uh, You too. Bye now. Bye. Do you have a dog story you'd like to share? Send an email to dogstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Are you enjoying these episodes of Dog Stories? We would love it if you left a review or subscribed anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Sound effects provided by zapsplat.com and music by bensound.com.